I'm Vincent, and I'd like to introduce you to William Anyaba. I'm Crew, and I'm the last real big fish fan left. We're the music beat reporters at the Daily Californian, and this is a music podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of This is a Music Podcast. It's the vibe episode, bro. It's a pretty abstract concept, but we want to hone in on it and see what we can learn. There are a lot of different ways to use the term vibe. What is a vibe? How to vibe? Why to vibe? We're hoping to explore all these questions and more today. I like the, I feel like that was a very, very newscastery. This is what we're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. today. Uh, hell yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe that's my vibe. Newscaster vibe. I feel it. I feel it. So, <laughs> uh, so crew, Joe Biden has won and now we're vibing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that begs the question. Yeah. What is vibing? Uh, <laughs> like, how, yeah, how do you feel about that term? About the term vibing? I don't know. I mean, do you ever want like enjoy being the guy who says this is such a vibe i feel like every time i use the term vibe i apologize before i use it like okay i'm sorry i hate using this word yeah no me too i'm the last person in the room to use that word like you know back in like middle school when everyone's like you play the game where you try to say penis louder than the person next to you you're trying to say vibe quietest yeah like i'm the last one to go and like i'll literally shake my head like "Mm -mm, i'm not saying it i'm not saying it you know (laughs) yeah that's that one kid who was worried he'd get in trouble (laughs) exactly exactly that that is really how i felt about the term for the longest time but you know i've warmed up to it a little bit hence this episode you know yeah, I mean, obviously. Clearly, we, we, we've we grown to appreciate vibey music, but I think that just s- despite that appreciation, we still have this, like, he- uh, we still have this hesitance to, to say the word vibe. Uh, why is that? You know, I think part of it comes from, like, people, like, the first time you hear the term vibing, uh, you know, if you're not really, if you don't really understand what that is, or like someone asks you, Hey, do you want to vibe with me to some music to, to, to an outsider? It, it, it looks like just people sitting around quietly saying not being like zombies. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like that, that can, that can be, that can come across as pretty unappealing to a lot of people. But you know, whether, whether you subscribe to the term vibe or not, I think everybody vibes and I think there's a lot of value in the partaking in the activity of, you know, enjoying music on that kind of level. Sort of the, the, the activity of inactivity to be able to just hang out with a bunch of other people or not to just sit in your own headphones and let the music sort of wash over you is a really rare thing. And I think there's a rare class of albums and artists that can do that. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of, like, artists and albums and, and vibes here, like, what kind of music do you think people in general, like, if, if you were to, like, educate someone uh, on, like, what what a vibe is and, like, what kind of music do you think people like to vibe to? Like, what what are some popular albums, popular pieces of music? Well, I definitely feel if I were to, you know, be talking to the rest of the Cal Arts and Entertainment Department, I would yeah. probably bring up uh, Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah, Lana of Del course. Rey. I think of that's course. a that's a peak vibe album. Yeah, I uh, I it's agree. Very, it's very spacious, very uh, floaty, atmospheric. 
all these words that I think really go along with with vibes really well. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely Lana Del Rey. Like her music has that that very specific mood. I I, I hesitate to call it like vintage, but mm-hmm. it kind of is, you know. And I think it's what she's going for. Yeah, like you, there, there's definitely some sort of transport of experience in listening to Lana Del Rey. Um, for me, like the first album I think of when I think of people wanting to vibe, it's it's like so funny. It's it's just Tame Impala's uh, <laughs> currents, and then I think of that that uh, the less I know, the better music video where the girl is like getting with the gorilla, you oh, know, the gorilla. One, yeah, yeah, and the guy is just kind of watching and like losing his mind. Uh, yeah, I think Tame Impala. That's super <laughs> vibey music, like. Even um, like on an outward level, you know, just like reverby guitars that are just like psychedelic, just a lot of like synthesizers and those ethereal vocals. Like, I think that's that's music to lose yourself in for sure. I think one of the reasons that we might be hesitant to like talk about vibes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, just as a noun is is the same reason that we would probably not want to talk about the less I know the better because it's such a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, it makes us come off as these SoCal, uh, music bros. Except I'm the only one from SoCal here, huh? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. Bay area is not much better, yeah. but it, it, I think that's the, that's the, that's the issue that we take with it. Yeah. And I really like that Currents is the first thing that comes to mind when you think vibes. I know. But I think one album, there is a very vibey, spacey, uh, wide album that we both agree is a huge vibe in it. That's House of Sugar. Oh, yeah. Alex G. That does it for me, for sure. Yeah. That is such a phenomenal album. I could honestly just... I could spend the next uh, length of this podcast not even saying anything of substance about House of Sugar, just probably repeatedly saying, yeah, it's such yeah, a vibe. Yeah. I think that's what vibe music is about. It's just, you, you sense it, you feel it in your bones. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, uh-oh, redo, this is, this is the Alex G episode, you know, guys, we're here to, we're here <laughs> to sell you House of Sugar and how it's like the only record you should be listening to in this terrible time. <laughs> Tricked ya. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like I have an experience that I could share with you about, you know, this aversion to to vibing and, you know, m- sort of my first exposure to that kind of that kind of music. If you'd like to hear, I'd love to hear it. All right. Isn't this a vibe? My cousin Sabrina asks me as the needle drops on the spinning vinyl record. I had just helped her set up the Audio-Technica turntable I gifted her for her birthday. A pulsing chord played through the Bose speakers in her room. A boom-clap, boom-boom-clap rhythm filled the space as we sat on her bed, listening to the first song of a Chainsmokers EP that I soon found out was seriously called Roses featuring Roses. (laughs) There I was next to my cousin, sitting awkwardly still and confused as she closed her eyes and bobbed her head to the music, swaying her arms in the air as the beat dropped and the breathy sighs of the chorus sank in. To me, it was weird. It was uncomfortable. What the hell is a vibe? Listening, I mean really listening to the music with her for the first time, I found out two things. One, I fucking hate the Chainsmokers. And two, I had never really vibed to music in that way before. 
For me, music to resonate with meant music with lyrics. Music that had to tell stories. This was until I discovered the music of Jamie XX. His 2015 album, In Color, was an awakening for me in the realm of electronic music. There was the unrelenting pull of sleep sound, and the massive interstellar buildup of gosh, which felt as epic to me as experiencing the opening theme from 2001 A Space Odyssey for the first time. If you've ever heard In Color, you know exactly what I mean. These songs are so inexplicably warm, evocative, and emotional, and rich with feeling in an abstract way. I had never really experienced that before. I don't know if it's just because of Jamie's impeccable choices of samples, or if it's the textured production, but listening to In Color, I found the ability to mentally disappear inside myself within all the tracks, while physically losing myself to dance. A year later, when I went by myself to Coachella, I got to experience vibing out with others firsthand. During night one, standing in a sea of people, the sounds of the XX performing loud places, a song that resonates so deep within the self while making you feel like you're a part of something so much bigger. That feeling engulfed the crowd and it took me over too. Did I ever think I would cry at a concert? No. Did I ever expect I would do so while dancing like there was no tomorrow? Not in my wildest dreams. You see, these moments when we vibe, they take us out of the space of the ordinary. We feel more vulnerable, more human than ever. It's not about being cool. It's just about being. But it's not only in these big moments. There are times when I vibe in my everyday life too. It's when I'm in the car with my friends Sebi and Raju, and we've got Alex G's Gretel going at full volume as we cruise down our neighborhood streets, feeling both invincible and open at once. Or when we're staring into the darkness of 3am, spacing out to John Mouse's Hey Moon down by Free Zuma. It's when the song goes, it's just you and me tonight. And though we're physically present with one another, we're each in our own individual moment. And you already know, when Jamie XX comes on and Thugger starts going off atop the infectious dance hall bounce of, I know there's gonna be good times, you can bet that I'll be there on the dance floor, lost in my element, flailing around gleefully as I search for myself within the music alongside everyone else. I still hate the Chainsmokers. My cousin and I still don't share a lot of similarities in our taste in music, though we still share songs with one another. But now, every time she asks me, isn't this a vibe? I answer with a greater sense of appreciation. Whether I think the track is good or not, it isn't just about a good feeling. It's so much more. Wow. Yeah, man. You, you really, you really, uh... You really put your cousin on blast for that one. You know, it's okay. Uh, Sabrina still loves me. Uh, <laughs> she'll st- she'll still take my music recommendations, even though ninety percent of the time she just like not vibing, not vibing, and I'm just like, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I tried to put her onto Rina Sawayama, and she wasn't feeling it. Uh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, Jamie XX in color. I know you like that album a lot too. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a great album. And yeah, that song that you talk about, Good Times, is like, that's one yeah. of that's one of my favorite uh, types of young thug, if you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, we, could, we could go off about young thug for an entire episode as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, you... There's a lot to talk about with young thug, but I mean, In Color is just like, beyond just that song, it's got just so much variety to it. I think I, I read somewhere, I think it was an article that I read about the album, they described it as like an emotional mirror ball. And I really think that that couldn't describe like the music any better. Like obviously you hear the sound and it's very distinctly Jamie XX, you know, but unlike, you know, singer songwriters or something like that, there isn't like a distinct voice behind like, the songwriting i mean these are like these are dance tracks right um and and so you like the listener everyone sort of has the opportunity now to like fill themselves into all the songs his voice is like in the music yeah uh as opposed to someone like dylan where you can tell their voice that it's a bob dylan song just because no one else sounds like that yeah exactly but not because of the guitar playing or anything yeah jamie xx like you your emotional reaction to in color that is the narrative of the album oh there is like and that that's so interesting to me because everyone can feel similar feelings and like have very different experiences with with that album and i I think that's what's so special about it it's funny that you say that uh it that sounds a lot like the disintegration loops Mm, to me yeah another great one i just I just watched a documentary um, for for Daily Cal actually, and it was uh, William Basinski was interviewed uh, about the disintegration loops in there. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, well, not not to get off track. Yeah, right. Of course. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, that kind of stuff that you talk about with the emotional journey of an album uh, yeah. through its its music rather than its lyricism, I think that's a really good. Uh, point and kind of foundational to the study of the vibe so like i I talked about i feel like vibing can be like a very intense emotional experience at least like when i really want to like feel the music like it is for me um i wonder like what vibing means to other people yeah well what (laughs) what's your theory i mean i'd like i'd like to believe that people don't just like vibe to music like just just to say it and not really feel anything or not really listen you know it's not like i think it's a lot more active of an activity than than you might think like like you said something about like inactive activity i totally get what you mean by that it's not just about putting on music and hanging out with people yeah it's about the the feelings that that elicits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that and you know, speaking of feelings, yes, uh, that vibes elicit. I I also have a little little story for you. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd love to hear it. Yeah, you want to launch it up? Yeah, let's let's do it. So in my junior year of high school, I went to Montreal. I didn't go on really any other college tours because I figured California would be California, Seattle would be Seattle, etc. I wasn't really applying to a lot of places, but I did feel this tremendous pressure to accelerate my life by doing something to show that I was serious about college, and I felt that Canada would be a good pick. 
McGill University was a college I'd been thinking about for a while, and Montreal seemed like a really cool town to me, one that I could use to jumpstart my life. It is a cool town. Perfect blend of cobblestone streets and modern amenities, cathedrals, cafes, bilingual, cold, sometimes underground, near a river, it ticked all the right boxes. And I remember landing on the airstrip and putting on Obvious Bicycle from Vampire Weekend's Modern Vampires of the City. And ever since then, that album and Montreal have been inseparable to me. It's not really about the city itself. It's about the way the city presented itself to me. It was the off-season, so it was cold and cloudy and gray. It was a sleeping lion of a city, with its machines all covered and its schools all quiet, lots of apartments up for rent, and lots of walking around in the rain. It had this ghostly, ethereal feel to it, like the specter of Europe come to haunt the Americas, some revenant hiding in the Canadian tundra. Of course, I've been back in the summer, and it's lovely, it's vibrant, youthful, warm, but that's not how I was introduced to Montreal. I was introduced to it by modern vampires of the city. I don't think that's a coincidence. Not in the traditional sense. Vampire Weekend's music has always been a kind of New World Reckoning, a sonic colonialism draped in Ivy League affectations. It's the same blend of the American and the European as Montreal. And Modern Vampires is the band at its absolute coldest. And I love that. I love the frigid feeling of the album. It's a stark contrast to last year's Father of the Bride, a warm and shimmering summer album. I love the sentiment of that one too. But Modern Vampires has this archaic, analytical coldness that really preserves itself in my mind. It reminds me of stories of ancient fey horror, twisted tales about sea gods and oceanic trenches. There are a lot of fun, bright songs on the album, like Diane Young, but the best ones are slow, menacing, and loaded with ambience, like the chattering beaches of Hannah Hunt or the reverberating vocals of Hudson. I remember looking out the window, waiting for my dad to bring back pastries down from the streets below. There's a big window that really let me look out at all the other buildings on the street. I was sitting in the frame of the window, listening to Modern Vampires, and I just felt this immense calmness. The dour ambience of the album is persistent and thudding, but it is punctuated with this peak of brilliance, not unlike Montreal's Mont Blanc. I think Yahe is one of the best songs ever written but it's Young Lion that really pulls at me. I hear that song, and I think of my dad coming back through the door, pastries in hand. I think about that song playing in whatever shitty headphones I was rocking at the time. You take your time, Young Lion. It's so packed with forgiveness and understanding and adoration and love. It's such a caring line with such loving music around it. The song is like a sonic hug. I hope that that's the song that my parents hear when they see me. Not literally, but emotionally. I think that's sort of the point of this episode, seeing beyond the literal meaning of lyrics and instrumentation, and looking at nothing but the way they make us feel. The songs that feel like punches, or hugs, or breathing. That's what takes a song from good to transcendental. 
I think it's pretty inimitable. Well, I just I just gotta say I love that you chose modern vampires of the city to share. I I think I have such a similar experience with that record that that yeah. you do. Um, I think you know, we both graduated high school around the same time, so like I think it was all was that 2016 that you had this experience. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah, like yeah, winter yeah. of 2016 or early spring. Yeah, of 2016. I have. I went to visit New York City uh, in 2016 oh, nice. and riding in, like, uh, busing in from uh, LaGuardia Airport, like, into the city was, like, that was my introduction to Modern Vampires of the City. Uh, and I think it's just so interesting that you're using vibe almost, like, synonymous with, like, memory and feeling, you know? Um, it's it's the the feeling of the album transports you to Montreal or to me, it transports me to New York city. And I, I, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. It's that the, it's that the feeling of the album kind of transcends whatever's going on in my life mm-hmm. specifically at the time. And it'll always uh, kind of feel like that way it originally did. That was a very messy sentence, but I think it was clear. Yeah, no, I, I got you. I also think that Yahe is one of the greatest songs uh, ever written, um, as well as Hannah Hunt, uh, even if that's the cliche answer, (laughs) I think it's true. Uh, But I I wanted to focus on Young Lion in particular, the song that you brought up. You know, when when, when I think of, when people think of vibey music, I think there's like a common thread between like the music that we talked about, like thus far before the stories was like a lot of atmosphere and just like spaciness to the music itself, especially with like Tame Impala, I would say. Uh, and I think Alex G to a, a slightly lesser degree, but with, with Young Lion, you know, that's, that's a song that is literally built off. I, I mean, I don't think it's a harpsichord. I think it's just the piano, but it's a piano and then just some tr- uh, multi-tracked vocals. And then like, if I'm not mistaken, there's like a very thin string section or something that comes in like at the end. I love the, descript- the the description of the strings as thin. It's so accurate. Yeah. And, and like why I think that's so interesting is that, you know, that's a song with very few moving parts that is, you know, there's not a lot going on and it's still a powerful testament to like emotion and, and, and feeling. Oh, I mean, no, absolutely. It's great to have, it's great to have like these, uh, these very stripped down, stripped back, instrumentals i feel like that's the thing that's uh really utilized well in a lot of folk music uh this this sort of crackling ambience that you get and that's a really good way i think to capture a vibe yeah that, that that's it's really interesting i think it, it begs the question right because most people think of a certain kind of music when they when they think of vibing so I guess the question like really is like, can you vibe to any kind of music? Like what are, what are the, are there rules? <laughs> are there, are there boundaries there? Yeah. Can you, can you vibe to ska? Is there a ska album out there that's <laughs> vibable? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know, but <laughs> the world uh, maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But no, you're definitely right. I mean, especially because folk music isn't really perceived as, always being at that that same in that same category of vibable music yeah exactly 
it's not the kind of stuff that if you're sitting around with all your friends uh, at like midnight, you're gonna you're gonna put on a folk album, right? That's when you put on Currents. Yeah, exactly. But but also like there's different there's different moods, right? Like there's different vibes. I know we're using the word vibe a lot in this episode, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to think of like some records that I've been vibing to lately, and they all they all produce like they're different kinds of records with different moods, different feelings. And I think they're, they're all equally rewarding, you know, even if they're not super serious. Well, it's interesting. Uh, cause I, I was talking to my brother about this the other day and he was saying that lately he's really, uh, been feeling, you know, vibe wise the, uh, have you seen, have you seen Porco Rosso? Yes, of course. I've okay, seen Porco great. Rosso. You know, so you underrated, know, you know, G- Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's one yes. it's one of the best ones. Uh you know Gina's place though? Um It's it's the it's the little island uh where Gina like runs yes, a, yes. runs a bed and breakfast bar. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yes, yes. So my brother has told me that uh over quarantine that's the vibe that he's been feeling. So he's oh my been goodness. looking seeking out like italian pop music okay from like the 50s and 60s that's beautiful which i think I love is that. hilarious because that. again basically like we're talking about here that doesn't really strike you immediately as a as a vibe in the traditional sense but once you think about it a little bit you think of that yearning feeling yeah and i think it makes total sense you just want to be in call me by your name <laughs> yeah yeah very true I think yeah, an album that I've been vibing to lately is the new album by Knox Fortune. He's like a singer slash producer from Chicago, and he's got the the album's called Stock Child Wonder. Uh, you've probably heard Knox Fortune if you've heard Coloring Book. Uh, he's on All Night. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah you know yeah, he's yeah, got the, he's got those like really high pitched vocals that are like you can't really tell the, the his vocals sound genderless, so you can't really tell like who he is he just sounds young and i think his music especially on this latest album just like captures that feeling of being young in such a universal way and i think it's 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 just really cool yeah i really like that you say that because i think i think that uh songs really by adrian lanker songs and instrumentals really captures that youthful feeling for me yeah that 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 is that is another record of, that's my favorite record of the year i think that's um, a phenomenal take i i think that it's like really that is an album that i i think is a is a must a a must vibe too <laughs> for me it, i think I, I i would argue it, it could be the vibiest record of the year well it's so incredible how how it captures this ambience you know that that uh we were talking about earlier and how it uses yeah. that to really push forward uh, the phenomenal guitar playing, the wonderful lyricism, uh, to just create this very strong autumnal, for lack of a better word, vibe. Yeah how did how did you how did you first take the record? Like, tell me about your experience with that record, like listening. To oh, it. I have such a good I had such a good time the first time I listened to it. Um, my girlfriend was stressing about out about work, uh, and I didn't have any work to do. So mm-hmm. I just sat in the backyard with her, you know, in the evening. It was it was like five or six. Yes. The sun was coming down, but it wasn't quite out. And in the in their backyard, they have these, you know, string lights. 
Yeah. Uh, like so fairy I'm lights sitting, kind of things? I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sitting in the backyard uh, looking at these string lights, listening to this album, and just thinking that it's it's such a perfect, crisp day, and it's such a such a great evening. And just listening to that album and looking at my surroundings and really just being able to take it all in because there's nothing else that needs doing, I wow. think is a really nice feeling. What about you? I think I I think I, yeah I I very I can very clearly recall like my uh, first experience listening to this album. Uh, I've been following Adrian Linker like and her whatever she's been doing in music for a long time. Uh, she's the the front woman of the band Big Thief, which I think they're like one of the most exciting acts in rock music today, folk rock, if you will. Um, I remember it was like two a.m. in the morning. During midterm season, a few weeks back, you know, everyone was suffering, uh, especially me. And um, I put on the record and uh, it was just a single at the time. Uh, anything. Oh, yeah. And that was like, like you said about like, you know, feelings of yearning. Like that song to me felt like it like was beating on its own and it just like blew me away, swept me up and... You know, when when I first heard the whole record, the whole the um, songs, I I didn't realize that it was like such. It's a breakup record for those of you who don't know. I'll give you a little bit of the context for the record, just for for our listeners who don't who aren't familiar with Adrian Linker or songs. Um, in the in the break a break between like touring and writing for Big Thief, um, Adrian Linker just went through so, some sort of uh, very serious heartbreak and. She went off to a cabin in Western Massachusetts and recorded this this set of songs, you know, and it's with just a Walkman recorder and an eight track and some guitars and some vocals. And so, you know, the record just sounds so intimate and it feels like she's in the room with you, just singing to you. But she's not she's not. I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. She's not even singing to you. She's singing in the room with you and you are just there. Like, and, and you can feel her, her sense of love and longing, even though the person that she's singing about and the experiences that she's singing about, they're not there. It's not a bitter breakup record. It's, it's a loving one. I mean, that's definitely, that's definitely what I get from like, not a lot just forever is just this. Yeah. Uh, to use the word again, this absolute yearning, yeah, that just it—it's it just it's—it's <laughs> it's honestly indescribable to me. Uh, that yeah. song, I just remember sitting, looking out, and just thinking that everything was going to be the way it was—not even good, but just this is just the the flow of time. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I feel I feel like being truly immersed in the moment is the kind of thing that this album does to you. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. And the, like the thing is with that with that song, right, that it's so interesting that like, that's the feeling that it creates, you know, if you, if you read it, you know, it it isn't her her love, the, the person that she's singing about, like, it isn't forever. She's singing about this being intertwined and like being tethered together when the reality is that there the the connection is gone or at least like in the in a physical sense you know i think i think that's what this album does so well it it explores like feeling and memory in the absence of just like physicality of touch of 
the absence of people, which I think is just so relatable in in this year, this year, you know, like wow, what, what, yeah, what, whether you've gone through a breakup or not, the whole world has gone through a breakup with each other. I need to process that for a second. I hadn't even thought of it like that. So, I so like this record, like. Don't tell me you can't vibe to this. I don't want yeah. to hear it from, from anyone, you know? <laughs> Any of my friends, like, I will sit with them and I will, I will listen to this album with them, <laughs> socially distance, of course, and, and make sure they feel it. <laughs> I love, I love you really, really going to great lengths to make sure that your friends all like <laughs> this album. <laughs> it's that important. You know, I, I, I try to go to bat for it, you know? <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> this record is, is something else everybody it's something else <laughs> well what other what other songs do you really like on it okay well of course there's there's anything um but of course. um touching back on the topic of like you know songs being able to evoke memory which also evokes feeling there's another band that i really like or it's it's, it's an artist in particular named phil elverham and he's oh. he's the guy he's he's the guy oh. behind the microphones and mount erie i know i know that hits the hits different for you when i say oh, that yeah. and it hits different for me too um listening to adrian link like one of the songs on this album really reminded me of the microphones yeah, come. And Mount Erie, which well, yeah, 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 come from Adrian Linker. <laughs> like, I feel like that music, especially, especially Mount Erie, right? That that takes the yearning to like levels of like desolation that I cannot, like, I can barely comprehend. Oh man, you know? it's, yeah. but 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 I that's the thing with 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 Adrian Linker. The difference there, you know, I could I could understand why some people would have a hard time getting into the microphones. Just because, like you know, the music is a little bit—it's great. Abra- it's a uh, yeah, it's a, a little bit abrasive and like rough, it, uh, intentionally so. But but Adrian Lanker, her voice and her melodies are—they're they're gorgeous. Like she sounds like a bird singing. Wow. Yeah. And 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 yet, like if you look at the lyrics of "Come," like this, just like what's going on in the song? There's like violence. And 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 all these painful things are right there under, like not not so far under the surface. They're not even really hidden. You know, well, it's like yeah. One of the other things about the lyrics is that I mean, thematically, it is super close to like a, a song off the Glow Part Two, where it talks about like being cold and going into the shore and feeling the sea Mm -hmm. rise up around you. I mean, it's this very intense imagery, this really like powerful feeling. Uh, And she just makes it sound so effortless. Yeah. I not, not to, not to plug myself or anything, but I did review this album and (laughs) (laughs) to me, it just, it just feels like, this is a these are this is folk music, you know, in its simplest form. It's it's guitar and vocals and nature. Yet the the craft of it is almost like you can't you're not aware when you're listening to this album that you are listening to a set of folk songs. Like she, like she totally disappears inside her craft. Yeah, she like I I think I wrote that she she feels as if she's in tune with the cosmos. <laughs> it's really astonishing and it's really impressive and i think that it's the kind of thing that a lesser musician could definitely fail at you know trying to mimic that 
uh, naturalistic folk uh, yeah. cassette acoustic sound. Right, like as a gimmick. That's, as a gimmick, yeah. I think yeah. it's one of those things that's like pretty easy to just churn out. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think it takes a lot of skill to be able to do it as well as she does on this album. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't want to listen to to any any other person make an album like this like in, in the in this state yeah exactly and so i i'm talking well, we've talked a lot about like why i think this is a good record to like really absorb yourself in and f- just feel things with for this year but i wonder like taking this like re- full circle back to the 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 ultimate discussion maybe maybe some people don't want to feel things right now like why is it worth vibing why why is that worth it in general to to do something like that like why do we do this why are we searching for this 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 feeling or maybe it's not just about a feeling you know what why why do what are we searching for i mean i think the feeling of a lot of the albums we've talked about is very specific okay you know when we when i listen to modern vampires or you listen to modern vampires we're transported to that like cold cityscape in spring 2016 winter mm-hmm. 2016 what i really like about songs is that it it really feels um present yeah it's a very sit here sit with this album and just be in the moment that you're in right now and i think that's a thing that a lot of music uh should really be striving towards i i agree being appreciative of the present is also something that's like been very much on my mind in the in the past year and i feel like it's becoming more like taking that for granted feels more costly than than ever now just because with the way things are it it feels like everything could blow up at any second exactly so it's good to to take stock of what we have and so yeah if you're if you're looking for some of the most beautiful love songs of the year to just remind you, even if you're, whether you're, you're in love or not, if you, just to remind you of like how, how affirming it is to just be with people in, in, in any sense of the word, hopefully not literally right now, um, <laughs> then songs is, is really the album for you. And I think like listening to songs, really, that was like the catalyst for me to like, okay, I, I don't care if people are going to cringe at the word vibe, like, we got to get the vibes <laughs> episode out there and it, yeah. it's got to be about this album. No, I mean, I think, I think that's an excellent point. I think it's a phenomenal album. I think it's very easy to talk about. I think it's very easy to find yourself lost in. Uh, and I'm definitely going to go on a bike ride and listen to it as soon as we get off this call. Uh, absolutely. Uh, maybe I will finally pick up the penny board and learn how to ride. <laughs> So that's Adrian Lanker, but we want to get your input. Tell us about a time that you really vibed out to an album. Vibe in any sense. Whether blasting electronic music at a party. In a not-so-socially-distanced future. Or sitting on an empty beach. What is vibing to you? Let us know. I'm Vincent. And I'm Crew. I don't want to talk about anything. We'll see you next time. Isn't this a vibe? <laughs>